0: Hi everybody, I'm John Moe. I'm the host of Wits, which is your new favorite radio show. You know, the one you've been telling all your friends about. It's a show chock-full to bursting with humor, fascinating interviews, amazing music. This week we're joined by one of the giants of comedy, Mr. Fred Willard. You know him from movies like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, Spinal Tap, Anchorman. He's going to reveal the secrets to his amazing improvisational skills. Uh, Am I supposed to say something here? Don't gave me a script. How can Help someone save me? Also joining us, Dan Wilson, Grammy winning singer, songwriter, producer, and nice Minnesota boy.
1: It's good to be back home again.
0: And as always, John Munson and the witnesses. It all happens before a live audience at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. We'll fire it up right after this news. Theater in downtown St. Paul. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. Is um, John Clarkson here tonight? John, are you out there? Oh, no, probably not. But also, perhaps maybe. I was talking with my three-year-old daughter the other day, and she was telling me all about a friend that I had named John Clarkson. And I didn't remember meeting anybody by that name I I don't have any friends with that name or any colleagues with that name but no she said John Clarkson is your friend and you work together and furthermore she said that John Clarkson and I at work like to go on Ferris wheel rides together (laughs) and eat ice cream and John Clarkson's favorite animals are giraffes and monkeys (laughs) cute right and funny and so I laughed and she said why are you laughing She was dead serious. It's like she was essentially saying, yeah, I created a person out of my imagination and placed him in your world and assigned him characteristics and let you interact with him. And I did that because I'm capable of doing that. Maybe you should go on the stupid Ferris wheel ride with John Clarkson and appreciate me a little bit more in the future. (laughs) She has a point. I mean, after all, how great a friend would that be? Hey man, before our two o'clock meeting, what do you say you and I grab some cream, hit the wheel? I'll tell you some crazy stuff about giraffes. Okay, John Clarkson. Somebody offers you that friend, that life, that world, you say yes. You have to be a little bit careful. If I go to lunch with John Clarkson now, I, I have to remember not to tell the waitress that John's picking up the bill. Probably causes a little more trouble than it's worth. But there's something to be said for an inner life that colors outside the lines. And the more I thought about John Clarkson, the more I remembered other times in my life when I've kind of moved the fence posts along the old reality border. (laughs) I was at an airport late at night, pitch black outside, bright fluorescent light inside. And I thought, maybe I'm dead. And all the people here are souls trying to figure out the next place that they have to be. It's not a hard thing to try to imagine in an airport late at night. (laughs) I had no proof that we were in fact in Los Angeles, and it was a lot more entertaining to watch this than uh, read Us Magazine. I was in downtown St. Paul just the other day, and I realized I didn't know any of the people out in the city who were walking around, and none of them seemed to know each other. And I thought, what if they don't have names? <laughs> what if me and the people I know are the only actual people and all the rest are just animated meat piles put here for effect? <laughs> now, is that narcissism? And is that hallucinatory? Perhaps, but I prefer to think of it as a massive, free 3D video game. No batteries required. I don't mean to deny the reality that actually exists, but I think maybe we can allow other worlds in. Maybe we can allow for a world where everyone sitting near you right now is an exquisitely designed and perfectly benign robot. Or a world where late tonight, ghosts gather in this theater and sit in every one of these seats, and they watch vaudeville, and they laugh and laugh and laugh, and I think this really happens. John Clarkson told me all about it. (laughs) We have an amazing show tonight, oh my goodness. A titan of comedy is with us, stretching from Get Smart to Modern Family with a ton of amazing credits in between. Please welcome Fred Willard. I know you trained in straight theater. You trained in improv at, at Second City. Yeah, so um, how, when did you reach the point where you said, okay, this is it, this is my thing, this, this fits?
2: Well, you mean improv? I think I went to, um, to New York with the idea of being an actor and I never had a, really a fallback position, which is a good. Because I, I mean, believe me, if you have a fallback position, you'll fall back many right. times in this business. <laughs> and I just uh, kept going. I, and if I'd get a job, I'd say, okay, I got a job. That's right. What's next? So uh, I, I was young and dumb. And, so I, I,
0: <laughs> and are I, you still doing that to some extent? Well, okay, no. Now I'm next? saying,
2: geez, they, they want me to, for this? Yeah. And, <laughs> but if I'm not working, uh, you know, you say, why aren't I working? And once I get a job, I say, oh, when is this going to be over? I just want to rest. <laughs>
0: I've read where you said that the key to improv is keeping on your toes. And how do you do that? On stage, in front of a crowd, on the set of a movie, what makes you stay on your toes? Well,
2: you've got to listen to the other person. You've got to be in the moment. I hate that expression, but I guess you do. You have to be there and uh, just... And I give advice to people who say, I can't improvise. Don't try to be funny. Just go out and get into a scene, like we're doing now. I'm just talking to you, and maybe funny will come. And if it doesn't, you'll just push the scene
0: ahead. So you're not, you're not there looking for the punchline.
2: Well, I say that, but sometimes I am. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, sometimes it's not bad to go out there with a few punchlines in. Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> some, some arrows in the quiver. Yes. Well, let's talk about the Christopher Guest movies. How does the, the improv work in a Christopher Guest movie? <laughs> How much of that is planned out? Well, Christopher
2: Guest, when he called me to do uh, Waiting for Guffman, he came in, he said, it's going to be improvised. My first thought was great, no script to learn. (laughs) Then I was leaving, going
0: out to the car, and I said, wait, I'm going to have to come up with a script. Is, Is there a time that you recall being exceptionally far out on a limb in one of these improv situations where, like, oh, how did we end up in this part of town?
2: Well, no, the very first scene in Waiting for Guffman, we started with a scene in the middle of the movie, and it was our first day on the set for several of us, Catherine uh, O'Hare, Eugene Levy, and we were supposed to be in a library. This scene never made it to the final cut, but we'd been kicked out of our rehearsal hall, and we were finding places to rehearse. That was the plot. And we were in a library, and he got the camera, and he said, action. And everyone stood around and looked at each other. No one said anything for about a minute. And I said, we're going to be here a long time. I better say something. So I said, I wonder if you take a book out and then you lose it. Do you have to pay dues forever? And that started. Then everybody started the line. But I think we would have still been standing there if I hadn't said to myself, <laughs> let's say, say something, even if it's wrong, which is a good note to do if you're in, uh, improvising.
0: If you can think of nothing to say, say something. <laughs> say something. Just keep, keep it going. Yes. Is it true that you uh, were up for the lead role in Airplane and oh turned boy, it down? Oh, boy, yes. I had done uh, up for it. I had done a movie
2: called Moving Violations or something. It was way back. And it got... Some reviewer said, Does anyone read these scripts? (laughs) That was not Uh, a good review then. So they sent me the script to Aeroplane. And I read it, and I said, It's all a lot of puns and jokes. And I I read it a couple of times, and they actually uh, offered me the part, but I was doing a show called Real People at the time. Oh, sure. Um, And my agent... (laughs) I was in Chicago, and my agent said, "Do you like the script? I said, I don't know, I'm having a problem with it. So as good agents do, he says, Fred, if you don't want to do it, just say no. I said, okay, I don't want to do it. So cut to that summer, I was doing looping, which is going and putting in lines for a movie I had done with Buck Henry. He walked into the looping room. He says, well, I've seen this summer's big hit. We all said, what is it? He said, airplane. <laughs> and I said, oh I think I made the wrong decision. <laughs> but it was, and my wife pointed out, she said, Fred, don't worry. If you'd been the lead, it might not have been that successful.
0: You can always console yourself with uh, that, right? Um, That's the support you need. I want to get into some more. I mean, we we know the Christopher Guest movies. A lot of us know you know, Anchorman, some of these other movies. I want to get into some Fred Willard deep cuts. Oh, boy. Your earlier stuff, you know? Um, And just see if, if you have some stories that go along with some of these projects you did. You were on Laverne and Shirley. That was my, the favorite boy. I look at that show, and that was the best thing I ever did. It's been downhill since then.
2: But the, important, the funny thing that I remember, at, I played the part of a gangster. My partner and I came to town and pretended we wanted to date Laverne and Shirley. We really wanted to blast through their father's bowling alley into the bank next door. So the plot was my partner was going to go in and set off dynamite. And he said, it's time for me to go to the bathroom. And I said, no, no, don't go yet. He said, no, I got to go to the bathroom. I said, wait a minute. He said, no, I really got to go to the bathroom. He went into the bathroom. All of a sudden, there's a huge explosion. And Squiggy says, boy, he really had to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Well, the producers came down and they said, you can't do that. (laughs) In those days, you know, you can't do that. It's toilet humor. Well, they argued back and forth, and I think they left it in, because I just watched it last year, and that scene is still in. But uh, Lenny and Squee, Michael McKeon, and David Lander, you all know Michael McKeon. They rewrote their part every day, and it got funnier and
0: funnier for five days, so that's what I remember about that. Um, now, you were several times on the love boat. Tell me about that experience. Oh, boy. Fans, and I, and I asked... John, earlier, I, I don't know whether to tell the story, if
2: you remember Joe Namath, the football star. I was on the show. I played his buddy on the show. And I thought the love boat was filmed on a boat. So I thought, well, we're going to go out. I'll be out to sea for a couple of weeks. And I got the call, and they said, no, you report to 20th Century Fox, uh, stage number nine. Oh. So I went down, and uh, um, we filmed the first morning, and I'm in my dressing room the trailer, and the knock on the door, and I opened it, it's Joe Namath. Fred, you want to go to lunch? I said, oh my God, what am I going to talk to Joe Namath about? He, he was at the peak of his, you know, yeah, his yeah. career. And so we went to lunch, he says, you know, when I got this script, I thought we were going to go
0: out on a boat. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't feel that bad. This is all, everybody's now thinking, wait, it wasn't filmed on a boat? Well, it was. They went out a couple of weeks every year on a boat, but I was on stage yeah. nine at 20, okay. yeah. okay.
2: But I got to go home every night.
0: <laughs> and you've done quite a, quite a number of appearances on, uh, on Jay Leno's show. I wonder right. if any, anything unexpected, anything has, well, has that, happened from that. Best
2: job I ever had, because you come in, you run through the cards once, Jay called you up on stage, and he goes through the jokes. And, and Jay, to his credit, just focuses in on jokes, and he'll turn to me and say, Fred, do you like that joke? I'm so flattered. I'd say, yeah. So one night I did a, a bit. I played a little sketch. I was some character, and I was just about to go to my dressing room, and Jamie Lee Curtis was about to go on. She's Christopher Guest's wife. So as a joke, I said, Jamie Lee, mention my name. And she looked at me kind of funny. I said, I was in Waiting for Guffman. She says, I know, I know. So I I went home. We watched the show last night. My bit was on. And so I said, let's watch Jamie Lee. She came out and got a big hand. She sat down. She says, very funny. And Jay said, what? She said, Fred Willard. He's very funny. I nearly fell out of my chair. The next day, the phone rang. And I got some big, I think Chevy's, a big campaign I got. So for a year, every time I saw Jamie Lee Curtis, i say, thanks, you got me that commercial. <laughs> the magical power of God, Jamie Lee God Curtis. Bless her. She and Christopher Guest, polar opposites. He's very withdrawn, very quiet. She's very bawdy. I'm going to come over and sit on your lap. OK, Jamie Lee. <laughs> Christopher, I've done four movies with him. And I'll get done with a scene. I'll say, was that funny? He'd
0: say, no. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do it again? No. Much more still to come. This is wits. Welcome back to WITS, I'm John Moe. Minnesotans know Dan Wilson especially well from his work with the Minneapolis band Trip Shakespeare and Semisonic. Semisonic featuring WITS' own John Munson, of course. Now, the whole world also knows him from his writing and producing work with Adele, Dixie Chicks, Dierks Bentley, Josh Groban, and Dan's own solo work too, Dan Wilson, welcome to Wits. Welcome back to Minnesota. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you. Now, like a lot of people, I first heard your voice uh, when I heard the song Closing Time in 1998. What have you learned about what makes for a hit song in the time since Semisonic first hit it big in 1998?
3: Um, honestly, I think that... The the way that I've done it is just to try over and over and over again. Because <laughs> when, when I wrote Closing Time, I thought it was um, really clever and had a lot of hidden meaning. And then um, we played it to our lawyer who said, great, you've finally written a song stupid enough to be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 keep, <laughs> I keep missing the aim but hitting the target, I think.
0: <laughs> Do you write differently for, for other people than you would for yourself?
3: I used to think that I might have to do that, and then I, no, I don't. I, I, my, lately, what I've been doing, um, the last five years or so, is just try it out myself. If I'm working on a song with a collaborator, and, and when I sing it, if it sounds good to me, if it feels good to sing, then I know it's really good. And, I, and if it doesn't feel good for, for me to sing, I, I kind of figure it's probably not that great.
0: Yeah. Well, I did want to ask you about your work with Adele because that album has become so huge and yeah. the, the song has become so huge. Yeah. How, tell me about how that collaboration worked. What was that process like?
3: Uh, we got put together by a, a mutual collaborator, Rick Rubin. Um, something happen, happened and it got canceled and then Rick kind of gently basically forced us to try it at another time. And, when we got together, Adele played me Wanda Jackson clips on YouTube for the first 45 minutes, honestly. <laughs> so it was just like crazy kind of... It was almost like it erased my sort of sense of modern music entirely, which I think was part of her goal. I she was putting it, yeah. us in this really ancient mode. And, and then we just, um, we just laughed and, and worked really hard for two solid days. She had a heavy deadline on the second day she had to drive out to... A studio and play the songs for, for Rick, and we just like the we had her sing the last note in the last 10 minutes, and she was out the door.
0: Wow! Um, and tonight, you're gonna play something uh, from an upcoming album, right? Yes, a song of my own, yeah, for me. <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Here's Dan Wilson.
3: This is called Love Without Fear.
1: of lonely people on the road get a little scared throw you to the wolves you meet a lot of perfect strangers in your room get a little close run away soon all I want in this life of mine someone to take my Side by side, all I need in this world of tears, someone to give me time. Love without fear, give me time. Love without fear. Amen. Yeah. a of tears is someone to give me time love without fear give me time love without fear give me time love without But without fear. Love without but without fear.
0: Dan Wilson with John Munson and the witnesses. Brian Ty and Jeremy Messersmith on some vocals there. And now, a wits game show called Commercial Showdown Throwdown. Dan, you're a talented and versatile songwriter. Fred, you're a skilled improviser, and you're a sincere person. You're from Cleveland, which I think makes you inherently trustworthy. Your characters have an earnestness about them, the kind of person one would want to hire to pitch a product. So, I will give you a product. Fred, you tell us what it is and why a person needs to buy one. Cut the perfect ad for the product. Dan, the jingle is your department. I will be the judge and award a winner for each round, generally in an unfairly capricious way. <laughs> These are made-up products. Fred, you're first. The product is diet socks. <laughs> diet socks. Diet socks.
2: Are you tired of being fat and not even knowing it? (laughs) Are you tired of hearing about cholesterol, salt, high blood pressure, butter, sugar? Well, buy diet socks. They'll tell you when you're fat because your thighs and calves will spill over the top of your socks and you won't be able to walk properly. Our diet socks come in three different colors. Vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, Pretty good. And they're
0: gluten-free and edible. Diet socks. Dan Wilson, over to you. Give us the diet socks jingle. Diet socks, diet
1: socks, who's been eating my diet socks? (laughs)
0: Mm. Um, That's a jingle you can't get out of your mind. It's, it's, it's a good jingle, but uh, for pure imagery, I really have to give it to Fred Willard for that <laughs> round. All right. Dan, you're up first with this one. The item is the party blanket.
1: Why rent a tent when you can have a blanket? The party blanket.
0: Mm. It's simple. It's simple. It's it's the uh, it's the Hemingway of jingles. It's nice and I can't
2: get who's been eating my diet socks out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, party blanket. Have you spilled things at a party? Maybe coffee, maybe beer. Maybe even worse. (laughs) Do you see someone you might want to cuddle with? Maybe more than one? (laughs) Why not get a party blanket? They're biodegradable and self-destructive, so (laughs) mom and dad will know nothing about it. Who's been eating my party blanket? <laughs> well,
0: it, it, it's, it's, certainly, uh, it's certainly some vivid imagery once again. Yeah, you
3: don't. But you I, don't I, really, I don't
0: think that's a party. That, I don't think that party is even legal. I think it would be shut down by the state absolutely. or the health department. Yes. So Dan Wilson gets the party yeah, blanket yeah, round. Yeah. Um, Fred, uh, you, this one starts with you the sponge toupee.
2: Do people say to you, why do you wear a toupee? You look great bald. Well, now put your toupee to use. Uh, Use it as a coaster. Uh, Use it as a cup holder. If you go in a public restroom, you might want to wipe off the toilet seat. Then wring it out, put it on your head, Go about your business, come out, healthy, help healthy, happy and look great. The Sponge is it the Sponge to Pay. The I- Sponge to Pay. Brenner says,
0: I'll take two. <laughs> Dan Wilson, the Sponge to Pay jingle please. Sponge to Pay, Sponge to Pay look good and wipe those stains
1: away <laughs> cleans up a mess put it back on your head
3: nobody knows it's a sponge to pay yeah
0: uh, actually i only i only have one melody yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it's it's catchy Let, let's do an audience vote for this one willard wilson Wilson, that's two to one, Wilson. I think if you stick with the melody, it's going to start yeah, counting yeah, against yeah. you, eventually. I'd uh, buy two out of those three products. <laughs> okay. Right <now>. wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So we, so it's tied. So this is the final question. Oh, this Lord. is the tiebreaker. Uh, and Fred, you'll start this off. The gravy missile. <laughs> In these days, we have enemies all
2: over the world. <laughs> Let's send them a message, but not too dangerous a message. You never can tell when we'll need their sugar or cigars or their oil. Send them a missile made out of gravy. They'll put it on their turkey, put it on their mashed potatoes. We'll hand out the leaf of of peace and send a message. So donate money today to buy your country
0: gravy missiles. That's a daunting task, Dan Wilson. That was pretty good. What do you got? I think I know what you have. But... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Let's... I, I'm an artist. I have my pride.
3: Mm.
1: Gravy missile. Gravy missile. Gravy missile. When you meet won't
0: wait you know what uh, uh, see, as, he, he got serious there. That's uh, that could be
2: I was ready to start uh, out. Know. Yeah. I know. I know. It was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. It
0: was really I mean I, I admire the the peace through gravy message of yours, but where Dan grew is an artist busting out of the familiar melody I'm giving it to Dan Wilson yeah, the winner is down. Dan Wilson Yay! I think let,
2: let's all sing that Dan do you have a chorus of Gravy Missiles there for we, our troops
3: come on one time <laughs> let's see um... Gravy
2: Missiles
1: Gravy
3: Missiles
1: Gravy Missiles
2: home. God bless the armed forces, but support our gravy missile. When your meatloaf can't wait.
0: And solve your appetite problem.
2: Wow. Oh, wow.
0: Uh, some, something happened here tonight that was bigger That's than right. all of us. Here's more music with Mr. Dan Wilson.
1: Tape and it changed my mind Heard your voice in between the lines Come around from another time Where nobody ever goes All alone on the overpass Wired and phone to a heart of glass Now I'm falling in love too fast With you or the song's chills All the stars dream for me Say the promise you long to keep I can hear you sing it to me in my sleep I can hear you sing it to me in my sleep living in your cassette it's the modern equivalent singing up to a capulet on a balcony in your mind in the city the lion sleeps pray to Sony my soul to keep were you ever so bright and sweet did you ever look so nice and all the songs
0: Wilson with John Munson and The Witnesses and help from Brian Kye and Jeremy Messersmith. Lots more to come. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. Welcome back to WITS, I'm John Moe. Pop Song Correspondences. A retort to Carly Simon regarding her charges of vanity. Dear Carly, nice song. Mm, You really stuck it to me, eh? You're one bitter woman, Carly Simon. Listen, I'm very busy with high-profile meetings and social engagements, but there were things I simply could not let stand. You walked in
4: to the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hat strategically dipped below
0: First of all, that party took place on a yacht. So the way I walked in was perfectly appropriate. As for the apricot scarf and the tilted hat, again fitting for a maritime soiree, look it up. I'm sorry you had a problem with that. Funny, there were plenty of girls that night who certainly had no quarrel. Well,
4: I hear you went up to Saratoga, and your one. Then you flew your leadjet up to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun
0: Guilty! I went up to Saratoga for an important horse race and yes, my horse won Thanks to years of training and the hard work of the people involved Hurrah! Is this a bad thing? And I would take the jet to Nova Scotia again in an instant. Have you ever seen the total eclipse of the sun, Carly? It's one of the most amazing natural phenomena one could witness. And if I have the means to be there, I don't see that as vanity. I see it as being fully alive. I also took 35 orphans up there with me, free of charge. But there's nothing about that in your song. All right, I didn't really do that. But I thought about it, and that's what matters.
4: Well, you're where you should be all the time And when you're not, you're with some underworld spy Or the wife of a close friend Wife of a close friend
0: Regarding the underworld spy, I can't discuss that, obviously But I am known to spend time with wives of close friends And what do I do with said women, Carly? Talk have tea, uh, take in the ballet or attend a polo match. These women's husbands are entertainers and they travel quite a bit, so I spend time with the wives because that's what friends do. And sometimes yes, we sleep together, but not as often as you might think. Look, we could bicker over these particulars all day. My chief quarrel with you is existential. You're
4: so vain You probably think this song is about you You're so vain I'll bet you think this song is about you Don't you? Don't you?
0: I know the song is about me! How does recognizing that fact make me vain? Honestly, if someone shouted, Hey Carly Simon, hello! at you and you turned around, would that be vanity? No! If the song were actually about Sphero Agnew, and I thought it was about me, well, that would be vain. But your use of the second person, you're so vain, combined with the details about the horse and the jet and the apricot scarf leaves no doubt. So I'm vain? I'm not deaf? Well, ta-ta for now, Carly. I still have fond memories of our time together when you were still quite naive.
4: I had some dreams, there were clouds in my coffee, clouds in my coffee, and you're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. I'll bet you think this song is about you. Don't you?
0: Don't you? Don't you? Yes. With love from your vain muse, Mick Jagger, or Warren Baby, or Chris Christopherson, or whoever the hell I am.
4: You're so vague. you probably think this song is about you.
0: Now, um, obviously, we couldn't do the show without our sponsors. So, if you'll excuse me, I just need to uh, pay some bills here. Support for Wits comes from Toothpaste, committed to destroying the taste of orange juice. (laughs) Screw you, orange juice. And from all the party people. Having been previously instructed to wave their hands in the air, scream, and get down with their bad selves, all the party people would like some further guidance on what to do. Maybe they could go home and take a nap or get a sip of water. All the party people standing by. You know, you know what, I'm sorry. Maybe we can help. Can I, can I get a what-what from all the party people? Okay, thank you. The Avengers, finally, a movie about superheroes. The Avengers, about a team of heroes. The Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor is in there, Black Widow. Hawkeye, which isn't the Alan Alda character from MASH, unfortunately. It's a totally different hero. Uh, there's a lot of heroes in it, is my point but the movie didn't have room for all the superheroes who wanted to participate. Witz has obtained the original audition tapes for the Avengers, and we now present auditions of superheroes who didn't even make callbacks for the Avengers. Hi, everybody,
2: I'm Man-Man. Five foot 10, 180. By day, I'm an ordinary man, but when danger's afoot, I become Man-Man, a totally different man. I gain the strength of a man. I mean, it's identical to my own strength, but it's like from another guy. Uh, Did that sound weird? Also, I think I get a little better at tennis. Uh, Hard to say for sure. Uh, Look, can I start over?
4: Thank you.
2: Hello, I'm the Credible Hulk. No, no.
3: Now, 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 hear me out. I know the incredible Hulk is already in your movie, but I offer some counterpoint to that, a a Hulk people can relate to. When I get kind of annoyed about something, and then that furious mind you, just a little ticked off, I turn a very light shade of green, and my clothes don't fit quite as good they're uncomfortably snug. You'll see me and you'll say, oh, you know what? That's credible. Next.
4: Hi, I'm Catchphrase Girl. I can read other heroes' minds and come up with the perfect thing for them to say right before they hit people. Stuff like, it's smash o'clock and say goodbye to your face and I feel this horrible violence is justified by the situation. I don't really fight or anything, but imagine the marketing opportunity here.
0: Okay, we'll call you pow, bam, Uh uh-oh, nobody can report on what just happened when we beat the bad guys. Who will save our branding message? It is I, person familiar with the matter. I can summon the ability to be quoted by the Wall Street Journal and other mainstream news outlets whenever I want. So if the Avengers need someone to tell the press about what they're doing, someone who refuses to go on the record with their real name, hire me, person familiar with the matter, away! (laughs) Thank you. I am...
3: dramatic pause man. Okay.
0: Oh, hello. I am so glad to see you. My name is Sarcasmo, and I'm just the best superhero. (laughs) Yeah, everybody wants to team up with me. I have the power to infuriate people because they don't know if I'm being nice or making fun of them. Sarcasmo! Am I a good guy? Am I a bad guy? Tragically, I don't even know anymore. I should see a therapist or something. Oh yeah, that would be great.
2: Yeah, thanks, Sarcasmo. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, you've heard of the Human Torch, right? And you've heard of Mr. Freeze. If you put them together, you get me, Luke Warm. (laughs) I have the power to take
0: either fire or ice and make it tepid. (laughs) Tepid. And that is auditions of superheroes who didn't even make callbacks for the Avengers. This is Wits, I'm John Moe, the host of Wits. Here's more music with Mr. Dan Wilson.
1: married now I heard that your dreams came true guess he gives you things I couldn't give to you old friend why are you so shy it's not like you hold back or hide from turn up out of the blue uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me, it isn't over. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but Yesterday was the time of our lives We were born and raised in a summer haze Bound by the surprise of our glory days I hate to turn up out of the blue uninvited But I couldn't stay away I couldn't fight it I had hoped you'd see my face And that you'd be reminded that for me It isn't over And compares, no worries, no cares regrets and mistakes their memories made Who would have known how bittersweet this would is Never mind I'll find someone like you I wish nothing but the best for Don't forget me, I beg. I remember you said sometimes it lacks love, but sometimes it hurts instead. Sometimes it hurts instead, yeah Sometimes it lasts in love But sometimes it hurts instead, yeah
0: Well, you know, there is so much I want to ask both Fred and Dan. I couldn't possibly get time for all my questions. So we're going to pack some last minute questions into the Wits Lightning Round. Fred Willard, what's your deal? (laughs) Just five card draw. (laughs) Dan Wilson, what advice do you wish you had gotten when you were 20? Don't worry. Fred Willard, what advice do you wish you had gotten when you were 20? (sighs) Worry a little more. (laughs) Dan Wilson, what is the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? I'm sorry, but breakfast. (laughs) Fred Willard, same question.
2: Oh, dear. Um... um,
0: Is it Dan's breakfast? (laughs) Gotta feed Dan.
2: (laughs) Did I drink something all night?
0: (laughs) Dan Wilson, what is the worst job you've ever had? I
3: I was a scooper of uh, ice cream at a 31 Flavors. That's
0: pretty bad. That's a good one. Fred?
2: Worst job I ever had? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I worked in an, I had to work in an office for a, a, a couple of years. That that was oh good cup. god. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I have a trick. I used to come in late every day, so what I would do is leave my jacket there at night, walk in at 20 after 9 in my shirt sleeves and the boss
0: thought I'd been busy since 8:30. <laughs> <That's laughs> a... Dan, what was the first song you learned to play?
3: Ooh. Um Probably like a campfire song. It was probably it was probably um, today while the blossoms still uh, cling to the vine.
0: I'll taste your strawberries. Yeah, I'll, I'll drink, drink your sweet, sweet wine. Yeah. Fred Willard. In a fight between two sharks and a gorilla in a swamp, <laughs> who wins? Uh, I think I think the gor- the sharks win.
2: I think one gorilla uh, one shark would take a gorilla. Uh, if I was a gorilla, one snap from a shark,
0: I'd be done. Really? Yeah. Fred Willard is a shark supporter. He's betting on the shark. Dan Wilson? I'm going to go with Fred. All right. Wait, you're going to go that Fred could beat both a shark and I a gorilla? He's... It's simple. If you're ever attacked,
2: Dan, you know, if you ever swim in the ocean and a shark attack, right. you punch him in the nose, right? There's no Easy, problem. Easy, no problem. <laughs> and a gorilla, you just make friendly uh, uh, gestures, too. It's simple. <laughs> it's very, and if you're falling in an elevator, just before you hit the bottom,
0: jump just up. Jump yeah, up. right you got to think. My favorite part is how Fred started that with, Dan, you know. <laughs> well, that is the WITS lightning round. Thank you both. Oh, wow. WITS is produced by Larissa Anderson. Our team includes Mark Sanchez, Rob Byers, Julia Schrenkler, Jen Deo, Jeff Kamen, Bethany Barberg, and the staff of the Fitzgerald Theatre wits is written by me with help from writer performers bill corbett kevin murphy and joseph scrimshaw music director john munson and the witnesses steve rome joe savage and janie winterbauer musical guest dan wilson and of course the great fred willard Wits is developed by Tony Boll and Peter Crowney and is a production of APM, American Public Media. I'm John Moe. Bye now.